Pokemon Cornhusker Connection. We got the fellas here for our something like 101st uh, YouTube video on the Cornhusker Connection well, Network. So, yeah, big, big moves. It's been flying by. But uh, this week, probably the biggest week of, of them all. We got Iowa Hate Week. We'll certainly get into all of our Iowa slander. Uh, I feel like I've been teasing this, this whole rant for, for the whole year. So, I'm, I'm pretty juiced about it. Um, do I mean, the vibes are high. But I do want to kind of get some sad stuff out of the way first. I did see a quick little rumor that Matt Rule might be uh, interviewing for the Texas A&M job, which to me would make a lot of sense for Texas A&M. Um, is there any bit that you're buying? No. No. <laughs> it, well, and when I say it would make sense for Texas A&M, like it, it feels like it would be too, too good for them. And they're going to find a way to fuck this whole job search up anyways. And, you know, Matt Rule feels like it would be such a home run for them for what they're trying to do. And it's just, it's not it. I feel like Texas A&M could go out and get a better name than Matt Rule. But I, I certainly understand why people might make that connection as, you know, he has a reputation of being a program builder. But you got to think there's a bigger name out there for the Aggies bigger name not necessarily better yeah absolutely but I think you're right there I think actually maybe that's not the, the right fit because I think for Texas A&M is that you want the best coach not not necessarily the best program builder like Nebraska needed in their coaching search it's kind of how I view rule versus fickle in the offseason I think fickle might be a better football coach but for what Nebraska needed Matt Rule is a, a perfect fit, and I don't know if that would be as good of a fit in uh, in College Station. And I mean, Matt Rule, it's go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Nope, you got it. I feel like we could be seeing another like Lincoln Riley situation happening, um, where somebody just up and leaves, and they're like, "Whoa, holy shit!" Um, I don't know who yet. I haven't really dug too deep into all that. Um, but I feel like it's going to be like, holy cow, nobody's even talking about Lincoln Riley going to USC until it happened. So, Yeah, they're definitely going to make a lot of coaches say no. I got a name that I think is under the radar, especially with what he could bring right away, Deion Sanders. Brothers, sign me up for that. First of all, it gets Deion out of Boulder. Uh, further I, illustrates that Colorado's a stepping stone program at best. And then it's going to be such a disaster at Texas A&M that it, it, it works out best for everybody. Cause he's, it wouldn't work there. They don't need a good recruiter. They had a great recruiter. They had, you know, top five recruiting classes. They have so much talent. They need a ball coach. And I love coach prime. I love what he's done, you know, for the buffs there. Uh, but it, it would not work at Texas A&M, but sign me up for that. And, it's not like a traditional rebuild for Texas A&M because of their resources. And like you said, their recruiting prowess. So Dion comes in, brings in Shador with him. That team could be good year one. Yeah. So, that'd be pretty crazy. And I don't want to discount Dion's coaching ability. Um, it's just, we haven't had the chance to really see it yet. We haven't really had a chance to see him coach up players in in a team um so i think to me that's what and at least that's what i thought you were saying brandon is we just haven't seen it is that yeah kind of right yeah because i mean he he's done a phenomenal job acquiring talents but jimbo was also very good at acquiring talent so it feels like you're just adding another guy on the payroll that you're gonna have to buy out here in a few years um uh, a name that I thought would, would make a lot of sense uh, if we're talking unexpected, Jay Norvell. They poached from Tallahassee before. Maybe do it again. Mike Norvell. What did I say, Jay? Yeah. Dang it. Mike Norvell, Florida State head football coach, is what I was getting at. I could see that. I just think it'd be very funny if, if, if their whole strategy is well, next just keep getting Florida State guys. I'll just keep poaching those guys. One of them bring back. Jordan Travis with him. Let's go. I think he's gone. I think he's going to the league. No, I mean that would make sense. It just um, with what the unfortunate injury. Yeah, heartbreaking. It might be um, 
maybe better to wait and just show that you're still able to play because I don't think it's going to affect his playing career. Just no, like, uh, absolutely. Guys in the NFL will just, yeah, yeah, I think guys in the NFL would just feel more comfortable drafting him if they saw him put one more year after the injury to feel good about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he has all the ability to play in the NFL. That's a good point. I'm trying to think of any like great coaches that aren't getting paid enough that Texas A&M could really just throw the bag at. I mean, I've wait, heard. hold on. I just had a funny thought. Do they double down on the old people and just try to hire Mac Brown? Yo, he's a Texas That's... guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's got it got it in <laughs> to restart again. He's so old. Like his his he's days so coaching gotta be. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying. <laughs> 72, brother. Oh. Urban Meyer? No. They're going to make him say no. He probably I will say no, so. but I think I mean, you got to have a conversation. What about, you know, because especially being around Nebraska, you hear this a lot, but Tony White did texting him? No. I don't no think so because he's too new. Um, yeah. And he's never been a head coach before. But he's a, so, yeah, he's a hot name nice. around the league from what we're hearing. So just interesting thought. Yeah, but I think that I think it's like for like a San Diego State caliber role for Tony White. It would be very crazy for him to go to Texas A and M. That'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. Uh, Jed Fish from Arizona is another one that I've heard that did. would make a lot of sense. Jeff Trailer from UTSA knows Texas Dude, very well. I don't know if you caught. He definitely interviewed for the job because after UTSA's last game. They asked him about it, and like he literally just avoided the question and didn't answer. But he, with what he did at UTSA, as far as getting guys that can play to go there, if you give him the NIL resources, he he would be a slam dunk hire for them. I think so too. Need a good ball coach. I mean, it's as simple as that. Mel Tucker is unemployed now. Do you think he gets another gig somewhere? I think so. I I think so. Probably not. Probably nowhere like relevance. Probably a lot like what happened to, to Bobby Petrino. It's like he'll he'll still be around, but he's never going to be the guy at a at a premier Power Five team again. Uh, unless that. Texas A and M says so. Oh, see ya. I just other names. I I do feel like there is a – we're going to see some names that you're like, no way this guy's going to leave or I, I'm, I'm here yeah. for it though. Yeah, I mean, exactly as, as you guys mentioned, you know, nobody expected Lincoln Riley to ever be a candidate anywhere else. Same thing with Brian Kelly probably. Well, that's not true though because everybody thought Lincoln Riley was going to LSU. Do you remember that? You know, I I do kind of remember that now, but but that didn't even seem believable to me. Yeah, no one. I, mean, I guess that was, seemed. Yeah, I guess I kind of. Yeah, I remember that. Everyone now. thought he was going to sneak out the side door and go to LSU, and then the curveball of the century, he goes to yeah. USC. And you know what I'm hearing out of USC is maybe a Jim Leonard as their new DC, which would be such a home run. I think so, but. That roster on the defensive side is so broken. Like, because this year they brought in a bunch of guys that are talented yeah. and they still couldn't stop anybody. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff here. Um, but it is Iowa Hate Week. How are we, how are we feeling, boys? Full Not hate. I mean, I, and I, I texted this to you. I think this is the most important game and i'm not gonna i i don't have the ego to to clip this and put it on the the, the tiktok but this feels like the most important game i i can i can remember which feels dramatic and i'd love somebody to point out a game where it felt more important but you, you just look at the highs and the lows that come with this game get you, you win you break that bowl drought you pick up another win against iowa it 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 means so much. You get this extra month worth of, of reps with this very young team in, in Nebraska. It, it just 
you get so much positivity out of it. And then on the flippity flop, if you lose, not only do you lose to your hated rival, last year to me feels more of like a fluke than a changing of the guard like I had claimed it was. And then you end the season on, what, a four-game losing streak, missing out on a bowl game again after losing to four bad teams. Iowa mediocre at best uh, of those four. But all bad teams, all very winnable games. So it, it just it feels so important. I just think about the games that we've had and how close they have been to make this game important, but not as important, like where our season is literally on the line here, Um, which I wish we could have picked up another win just to take the pressure off. But Matt Rule has talked all year about having – pressure and it's good for the team to have that pressure but not feel suffocated by it um but to your question i can't remember one just because this is what's going to kind of define matt rule for the next three or four years so i'd rather start that on a good note than have to oh maybe matt rule and nebraska are good i'd rather them just say yeah there was a lot of improvement and that there's a lot to build off of i think this could be a big momentum swing game. You know, thinking back, the last time we had real expectations was, I believe 2016 was Tommy Armstrong's senior year, where we started 7-0, and and then he gets hurt, and we lose by quite literally 60 to Ohio State. And I remember that, yeah. When Yeah, so that was our last winning year, but this one feels bigger than that, truthfully. Because like you said, that that whole extra month of practice means so much just because we have such a young roster. And going forward, we have quite a few, it sounds like, seniors opting to come back, and that's just more time to gel with the same guys. And we really need that, not having that the last, what, six seven years so i think brandon's right on the nuts with this one it's it's a huge moment for our program and it feels silly because I, I i spent a lot of time i i've walked this back since since we've put put out this show but it I, i've always bashed on iowa fans because this always feels like their super bowl when unfortunately now it feels like my super bowl where nothing else matters even in, in a situation where it's like it I think I would rather win six games beating Iowa than winning seven games beating Maryland and Michigan State and losing to Iowa. And it feels, you know, it feels sad, but I, that's just that's where I'm at. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah, I mean, getting that win last week would have been big um, just because it's been a hundred years since we won at Wisconsin. Um but this one is always going to be bigger. And I'm glad that everybody's come around to, yes, this is actually a rivalry. Yeah. Um, That's on. I've grown. I've grown. You guys have made me grow. <laughs> 100, 101 videos have finally, finally grown into a respectable Husky fan. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't. This is this is a big game. And, and as you were talking, Brandon, um, they're already kind of putting out Flyers like, hey, we're going to rest our starters. So if Nebraska beats us, then, well, yeah, we didn't have any of our starters playing, things like that, which is complete and utter bullshit. Softest shit I've ever seen. You're going to start. You only get 13, 14 games at max in a season, and you're going to rest starters? Come on. To go get blown out by Michigan or Ohio State. Crazy. No, brother, you're not winning that game. No. And that game doesn't really matter. I mean, there's no Rose Bowl anymore. At least for, 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 there's no path to the Rose Bowl for Iowa. I mean, you get a better bowl game and a trophy. And I guess that it does matter, but it's like, it's not, you're not getting into the playoffs. They know that, right? My whole thing is Penn State could not hold Michigan or Ohio State's jock this year. And Iowa got shit pumped by Penn State. So, what do we think is going to happen? This is how many yeah. they scored against Penn State, in case we're curious. 
Imagine getting shut out. Imagine playing 60 minutes of football and not scoring a single goddamn point. There's a real there's a realistic possibility in which Iowa does not get past the 50-yard line in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, I said on one of our other podcasts that uh, Iowa will not have one single yard <laughs> from the line of scrimmage, one positive gain play in the first half. I believe that. I believe that for sure. It's going to be fun to watch. As far as like the actual football analysis and, and what I what I've seen from Nebraska, what I've seen from Iowa, I, I do, and, I, and I'm hesitant to, to make this point because I've made this point about every person who's played quarterback for Nebraska this season in droves. But boy, some of the plays that Chubba Purdy were, was making on Saturday, I mean, that's that's a game changer if he's able to replicate that again on Saturday. It's just what happened. Like, Wisconsin clearly made adjustments. Nebraska was just still trying to do the same shit, it seemed. And, again, down the stretch, our offensive play calling, just mind-boggling game management there at the end was terrible. And, like, I understand their point where they didn't want to lose, like, what was the one? I'm drawing a blank. Are you talking what about like, towards the end of the game or against yeah. Maryland? What? Yes, Maryland, where we mishandled the clock, but this was, you know, egregious the other way. It's, you could have had three shots at the end zone, and instead you only had one. I'll defend that in the sense where, yes, you do get three extra shots at the end zone, but you also give the most turnover-prone offense in America three chances to fuck it up. Yeah. And with, with with how much I believe in our kicker, again, new developments, I've changed, I've evolved. Uh, the uh, With as much faith as I have in our kicker, as much faith as I have in our run game and our defense, I, I, I'm not too upset with being a little bit more passive there, especially no turnovers at that point in the game. It to me, and I, you, you can't, you probably can't do this as a football coach, but as a very nervous, superstitious fan, it just felt like we were due. It feels like this was the moment where we'd be knocking on the doorstep and we'd find a way to fuck it up. So I was I was relieved to go into overtime. I was happy to go into overtime when it was all said and done, but when you're on the road, it feels like you have to go make something happen. And when you're at home and you have, you know, the crowd behind you, you, you can be a little bit more passive. But in that particular moment, I would have loved to see us throw two or three goal line fades to Malachi Coleman and let him go be an athlete or something and try to win because you saw what happened in overtime. It's, you know, they kind of suffocated us. So if you, if you have a chance with three plays to, you know, go in, go out and win it on the road, I think you should do that. But that's a good point. Neither here nor there. It was also really frustrating just to watch how untackleable Mordecai was during that game. Um, we were just flying by him every single chance we got, um, which was really disheartening because that could have stopped a few of those drives early instead of letting them march down the field and score. And truthfully, it's the reason right. we we lost to Maryland too when to, uh, Tulia got loose there at the end. Yeah. Well, these guys aren't like dynamic athletes either, especially Mordecai. It, he's just – it's just so elusive and boy, so many missed opportunities. And, you know, I, I think that the secondary played fine, but I mean, you can only ask so much of them, yeah. but the, mm. the play calling throughout the, the game still, still makes me very uncomfy. My, my theory is that it, it started off good because I feel like the head coach is more involved with scripting the start of the game where once you kind of hand the, 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 the rhythm and the rest of the game off to the play caller, then it kind of feels like it gets away from the message because uh, I'm looking at the stats here. They had 40 rushing attempts and 24 passing attempts. Now, I think it's also probably pretty closer to 50-50 when you consider QB scrambles that, that Purdy just tucked and run, which I don't think that that can happen on Friday. It's got to be more 70-30. And I, I, I love what Purdy did throwing the football. I, I kind of forgot what it looks like when a quarterback can complete passes like that. Uh, and maybe that's why I was so high on Heinrich Harburg for so long is I, I just forgot what it looks like. 
But now that I do, he, he made some great plays. He was very efficient. He also did a great job of just chucking the ball towards the sideline when nothing was there. And, you know, of course, turning on the Jets, I didn't know he had. So um, yeah. I'm feeling really excited about him. But it, it's it's got to be a, a much different different plan. Yeah, I agree. I mean, early on in the game, we kept doing those quick wide receiver, like swing passes or screens, if you will, um, that were working. And then we kept Which just doing them. Scott, and we kept, Scott Frost had to be sick watching that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, then we just kept doing them and then they, they weren't working and we still just kept trying to do them. Like good teams are going to adjust and not allow you to do the same thing over and over again. Which I yeah. guess I don't know if Marcus Satterfield realizes that people can do other things in the middle of games, like people can adjust because um, he never seems to. So maybe he was just kind of caught off guard, like, whoa, they're doing something different. Somebody throw a flag. And I know we want to be a team that runs the ball more than we throw the ball, but especially when we're struggling to get something going, I hate on first and second down seeing the inside handoff for like a yard. And then all of a sudden you're on third and eight and you're in a predictable passing down and you're asking – so much of young receivers and a inexperienced quarterback. It's like, we got to stay out of that. We have to be in third and five or less to have a shot. Oh, that's a good point. I think I'd still rather see that than drop back on first and second and third down and punt on fourth and 10. I but think you right. just gotta, you gotta like change it up. You gotta yeah. keep them guessing. So yeah, every once in a while you throw in a pass on first down. You don't just do the yeah. same thing yeah. over and over again. And I feel like when they get creative in the run game with certain trap uh, traps and options, I think it's worked out very well for them. Exactly. Unless when you run a speed option, the short side of the field yeah. that never works, you run out of space every <laughs> single time. Don't fucking do it. The speed also option just like in around time was tough. Yeah, that was tough. In arounds and stuff that we try to do, like they never work, but we always try to do them. Jaw to do is uh, as a great offense that I've watched a lot of is you take your best wide receiver and then you fake like you're running a motion and you do that 50 times a game and yeah. never actually give him the football. I've seen that quite a bit. Worked out well, if I remember right. Yeah. At least that's how I remember it. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, I think this is a winnable game and I feel I, I wouldn't, put such high expectations on it if it wasn't a winnable game. And I mean, Vegas thinks so too, where I think last time I checked, we were a two point favorite with like two a, and 20, a half. two and a half point favorite. I, that's nuts. I didn't expect that. Well, what Brooks said is you get an automatic three points from Vegas at home in college. Is that correct? Uh, it's usually that's three. Yeah. Three points. Yeah. So it means that Technically, Iowa's favored by half a point, if that makes sense. Um, but Tyler, I thought Iowa was the big, bad Big Ten West champions. I thought they were unstoppable. I thought they were just one screwed up ref call away from being uh, 10 and one at this point. Tyler, isn't that what we've been told? That is what by we're the told, mainstream yes. liberal media. Isn't that what they've been yeah. trying to sell us on? Fucking libs. I mean, you're not wrong, oh, dude. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying it's going to be a tough game. It's definitely winnable. It's definitely a must win. Uh, I don't want to mince words about it. This is the most important game of the season besides the first one. We need to win this game at all costs. So what has to be different? Because I think going into the Wisconsin game, if you had told me we we're going to not turn the ball over, Throughout sixty plus, well, I think he threw an interception in the last play in overtime. Yeah, which but is bullshit. I don't count that. Okay, so you don't count that. So no turnovers for sixty plus minutes of football. You jump out to a 14-0 lead. If you had told me that, I'm like, oh, we're winning. We're winning. I don't yeah. know what else happens, but that's it. That's all we need. And then we still lost. What has to be different in, in this game on Friday? Because obviously, it can't just be you can't turn the ball over and you can't just have to get off to a quick start. What what, what has to be different this week? One thing that I think needs to be looked at is there's a very thin line for being aggressive and being stupid. 
Um, I like going forward on fourth down until I don't, if that makes any sense. Um, like sometimes I think it's good to just take the points. Um, but it's like the first fourth down play that we went for and we didn't even get close. Um, in the moment, I was saying go for it. But obviously looking back now, it's like, well, we didn't get it. Would have been nice to have those three points. Also would have been nice if Tristan hits that kick right before halftime. That's six points that you're leaving out there. So I think we need to take a deeper look on why are we going for it instead of just we're going for it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good point. I do think, because if I remember, we were on like the 30-yard line in that yeah, first. Yeah, definitely in field goal range, yeah. But I don't think it's gimme range. And I think no. And and they probably they might have seen something during warmups because he didn't look Tristan didn't look good on, on, on Saturday. I don't know if it was the wind or the or, or what was going on, but even the field goal he made looked ugly and then he missed that one before halftime. So maybe they just saw something like I trust these guys who are humming down the field to get one yard before I trust him to get fifty two. Yeah. So I don't know if that was it, but yeah, you, you, you gotta you gotta I can't imagine I was housing a bunch of points here on offense. You, you got to take them when they come. Exactly. Points are going to be at a premium on Friday, and we have to just take the points. We can't get greedy with Iowa, especially with how inept their offense is at times. If we have to field goal them to death, then that's what we have to do. But you, Iowa's defense is so good that – we, we can't be chasing points early and we definitely cannot turn the ball over. Yeah. You know, I was just watching the, the NFL the other night and I, I can't even remember who was playing, but it, it, a real Super Bowl contender, they didn't score a touchdown until like two seconds left in, in the game. They kicked a bunch of field goals. They took their points. And then at the end of the game, they, they made a couple of big plays. Um, and, you know, that's why, that's why they're, you know, Super Bowl contenders. And that's why I wonder who Nebraska that was. Needs to, yeah, I, I I wish I could remember, but I whatever. We'll we'll be seeing them in in January and February. So yeah, um, sure. But same kind of definitely message. not. You, you take the points. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so so good game on on Friday. I'm I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous, but uh, another thing I want to talk about. Admittedly, I want to talk about it beforehand, but I got so excited because this game means so much. Jordan Travis is is out of this out of the season with a horrible injury and, and you hate to see it. And you hate that the uh, Florida state so soft that they schedule a game uh, against middle Tennessee state or whoever that was in, in November. And, and that's the, the game that this happens in. Um, but and that, I, that was shitty. Not the point I want to make um, heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and sit this one out. Uh, Cause I know I'm going to say something stupid. So you guys go ahead and talk. Okay. See you, Brooke. <laughs> or I, not. I, I, well, I guess we can be as vile as possible. No, I, yeah. I so mean, so me it is heartbreaking. Yeah, go ahead. So, so let me just ask you this. Does the playoff committee need to look at Florida State differently now? I don't think so. Um, because while Jordan Travis was awesome this year, um, he's not the reason that they're good this year. Like, he's not the only reason, I should say. Um, and it looked as though... They were losing when Jordan Travis got hurt. That's true. Maybe Uh, Jordan Travis was holding them back. (laughs) I don't want to say that. Um, (laughs) But maybe the team kind of rallied around him getting hurt, so they started playing better. I'm not sure. But uh, um, I don't know. Yes and no. Um, I don't think that they should penalize Florida State for losing Jordan Travis. But they should, I think they really need to just, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. They shouldn't penalize them because Jordan Travis is hurt. But but they should penalize him. But I think that, that is, it is a different team. And with only one week left, um, it's if they don't look awesome, I think that they will get knocked down a peg. I just asked Tyler if if the committee needs to look at Florida State a little bit differently now without Jordan Travis compared to when they had him. Well, here's the thing. 
I don't think they're going to win the ACC now. I think Louisville being healthy probably takes care of this. And it Florida State had to go undefeated and win their conference to be in. So I don't even think this will really be a discussion. But let's just say they do beat Florida and they do beat Louisville. It would be hard to say no, even though our eyes tell us they probably get, you know, curb stomped by whoever they play. In which I would say probably keep them out, even if they do win those two games, because if we're being honest with ourselves, they wouldn't be one of the best four teams with a backup quarterback. I I would hate if they punish Florida State for this. And, and I think drop my pen. I think well, first of all, I, I don't think the the best four teams necessarily need to be in the playoff. I, I hate that that's a, a conversation that uh, people make because it the games have to matter, and it feels yeah. like such a, a crazy precedent to 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 leave out an undefeated Power Five champion, especially one with a couple of good wins like like Florida State's going to have in, in this hypothetical scenario. They lose to Louisville, they're toast. Uh, if they lose to Florida, which I don't think they will, they're toast. Uh, but I mean that's such a such a shitty precedent to set, especially as somebody who loves the Big Twelve as much as I do, because this absolutely opens the door for an undefeated Big Twelve champion at some point down the road to to get shafted in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, I'm gonna so I, I'm gonna backtrack because Ohio State did win a natty on their third string quarterback. So that's what that's the next thing I was gonna bring up on the third string quarterback. With I think he got hurt you know in the Michigan game. If they take care of business, put them in because, like you said, you have to win the games on your schedule and be deserving. And I think they deserve to be in if they go undefeated and win the ACC. And that was a controversial one, too, because they had a pretty bad loss early in the season to Virginia Tech, which TCU what was the next team on the doorstep. They did not have a bad loss. They think they – or I guess they had a, a not-so-bad loss, but they beat Baylor, who was number five. And then I feel like any conversation got thwarted once Ohio State won and won the damn thing. But yeah, I yeah. think, and I, as Tyler hinted on, it's not just the quarterback. It, it, there's so much talent on that team. They've really been playing well. And if if you win those games, that, that team deserves it. And it feels like such a slippery slope because like what happens if, this, this obviously wouldn't happen, but like, what happens if Ohio State beats Michigan and Marvin Harrison Jr. gets hurt? Well, then do you factor in that injury? Do you, where do you draw the line at injuries? Or do you just say, hey, this team's undefeated as a Power 5 team. They knocked the doors out, out of LSU. They beat up on Louisville, who was a top-10 team at the time. They ran through their conference. Um, and I, I this would be the year for it because the margins are th- so thin at at the top, so I, I'm curious to see it, but I, I would hate to see that it, them get penalized anyway. Yeah, and I'm gonna take a page out of UCF's book and go ahead and anoint the healthy Florida State <laughs> team, the best team in the country this year. It's a shame we're not gonna get to see Jordan Travis dice up Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, whoever. It's really a shame, but I think you do have to give them their flowers because. Best team in the country. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but they do deserve to be in the playoff. I wouldn't they give them the, 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 the same for sure. Yeah, definitely a top ten team. They um, were I, I, I'm pretty confident to say they're the best team in Florida. So I'll, yeah, I mean that's something. I'm, I'm willing to meet you guys in the middle and say they were top two and they were not two. Okay. I also would not give them credit for a national championship since they don't have Scott Frost on their coaching staff. That's the only reason why I give UCF a pass. Um, so I'll net that in the butt there. I mean, JMU could have had it this year. Um, unfortunately, ran into the buzzsaw Appalachian State team. Yeah, the buzzsaw of Appalachian State. <laughs> I mean, they are always, every year, they, they seem to squeak out one of those wins where like North Carolina should beat them easily and they play them tough or um, I mean, JMU this year. I mean, you can look back at Appalachian State's history and just be like, sure. yeah, destroyer of dreams. They are. Michigan knows all too well about them. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's the last thing I wanted to, to, to just give over. We won't be giving our, our picks quite yet th- this week. Uh, we'll do that a little bit closer to game time. But I do kind of want to go over our picks from last week. Uh, once I share my screen here. Since I, I didn't come on and talk about because I put one game on here just to slander them a little bit. And that's Chattanooga, Alabama for scheduling them <laughs> in November. And by the way, Auburn did the same thing and they fucking lost. So that's great. <laughs> yes, he did dinks. Not only did they lose, they lost by 21. <laughs> I got beat up pretty bad. And it's outstanding stuff. And yeah, the SEC stinks. Um, I mean, while teams like like Washington's playing Arizona as an underdog, you know, you have Oregon playing uh can't even remember who Oregon played. Oh, okay. They played Arizona State. That doesn't much matter. I guess I could look at this late. I, Utah and Arizona, Georgia, Tennessee. This isn't the right week, is it? No, yeah, it is. No, it is. Oh, gosh. I'm losing my mind. What's that but you're a coward. Looking like? By the way, you're what a coward, Brandon. I am? Yeah. Picking Wisconsin. I mean, you just thought you could sneak in Wisconsin without us knowing? I I felt like if there was a week to do it, I would. I, I, was, I was trying to, to see if I was bad luck. And I'll tell you what I so in, during the, the start of that game I was I was ready to get on Twitter and start talking Chuba Purdy Heisman Trophy. Then I'm like, let me just settle down one time in my life before I start <laughs> preaching that. Put the phone down. Didn't look at it the whole game. I thought maybe this is you know the, the 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 curse that I'm lifting. Guess it didn't work. This is kind of part of that. Um, but I was like, I I, I got to get a win here. I uh, didn't do much in the season standings for me, but it is what it is. I mean, look at me going eight for t- eight and two. Yeah. That's pretty impressive for me. Yeah. Why don't you toot your own horn? Well, somebody's got to. Well, two two. I mean, I got one week to catch you. I mean, it's a it, it's a race now. Sure would be the same if I just took all the same picks as you. <laughs> you got to go first this week. Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here, because I. Uh, I did have to do that on, on our Big 12 show. I'm like seven picks out, and we we're – no, I'm five, six picks down with seven games to go. So I'm like, you pick your picks. I just have to go the opposite and just hope for it. <laughs> like I get one where, 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 where we can pick the same team. So we ended up cooking like a, like a plus 124, 365 parlay or 100 bucks gets uh, more than 120 grand. So that's, that's what I'm rooting for this week. <laughs> And of course, the, the, these standings aren't much better. Well, with that, uh, eight games down with with ten to go. Let's see here. Where are we at? Thirty eight minutes. Yeah, let's just, let's just go through it here. I'll kind of fill them in at, at, as we go here uh, for for the big week. TCU and Oklahoma is the the, the first one. Uh, by the way, the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, excuse me, one hundred sixty eight different outcomes on configuring the Big Twelve championship game. I can't wait for it. That that to me feels like the perfect metaphor for what this conference uh, means to college football. Because uh, you think about it, the L- uh, SEC has zero scenarios. There's zero different outcomes. The Big Ten has like two. Uh, the Pac-12 has a couple. ACC has zero. And the Big 12 has over 100. So, uh, And this is a big part of it. TCU on the road to Oklahoma. Um, the chaotic thing would be TCU to win. That opens up the door for for a lot of chaos on Saturday. However, I, I don't think they get it done. Give me uh, Oklahoma here. Go ahead, Brooke. Um, does anyone know what the line on that is yet? I can take I a t- look here. I guess I could. I mean, I would think Oklahoma would be. I would guess Oklahoma by seven. I would say like ten at home. Oh man, yeah, that that's dead on. Ten. Yep, Oklahoma by ten. I don't call you Bookie Brook for nothing. Someone get me out to Vegas. Get me in touch with the right people. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Oklahoma. They need to win to keep their Big Twelve championship hopes alive. Tyler doesn't have the stones to take a 10-point underdog. No, I'm going Oklahoma as well. Oh, Got to copy me. You hate to see it. 
Texas A&M and LSU. Uh, first game without Jimbo Fisher, if I'm not mistaken. No, I, no they didn't second. have him last week. Second game. Yeah. Uh, at LSU, that's a tough ask. Uh, LSU's probably putting Jaden Daniels in a in sicko mode. Just go out and eat up a bunch of stats, score a bunch of touchdowns. I, I, I think it's a Tigers by a million. If I had to guess, I'd say this line's around six, seven. Eleven oh, and a half. Whoa. Whoa, crazy. <laughs> eleven and a half. Well, I certainly don't think LSU has the defense to be laying eleven and a half points, but that's a lot of points. I think LSU does get it done at home though. I have to agree. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I really gonna have to start going on a on a, on a limb. I know, I know. I mean, I got three games to work with here. I guess that's true. Um, yeah. Up next, uh, the Kentucky State Championship game, Louisville and Kentucky. Uh, Louisville, uh, boy, you know, I've just this feels like a, a spot where they would kind of come down to earth. But I also, it's not copy and pasting. Uh, but they're also so much better of a football team, I think. So I uh, maybe looking ahead to Florida State. Tyler, do you believe in look ahead games? Nope. Wait. Did we decide that we? I can't remember the what we talked about. What game was that? Was oh. it this, this week? No, yeah, I no, remember. I won that bet. It was um, the under that you took for Oregon. You said if, if you win, oh, then what? I have to. Oh. You'll absolutely fucking not. <laughs> no such thing as a look ahead spot. I uh, think. Narrative. Yeah, they give me the if cards. If you don't know ball, just say that. My God. Give me the cards. If there's no such thing as look ahead game. Yeah. Um, give me the cards. If I had to guess, his line is around four or five. Seven. Seven. Oh. Give me a little. Go <laughs> UTSA and Tulane. Um, does anybody know anything about these teams that they'd like to share other than Jeff Trailer? I, I know a lot about Coach teams. If you would like of me course to you do. please do get in my bag a little bit here. <laughs> I know UTSA has a bunch of seniors led by Frank Harris, and they love to air that shit out. Great offense, not a super great defense. But Tulane, as you guys saw in the Rose Bowl against USC last year, returned a bunch. They do have their same quarterback back, Michael Pratt. Pretty good, pretty solid. And their defense this year, I think, got better from last year. So with that being said, I'm going to take Tulane. I would have to guess they're probably like eight or nine point favorites. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Wow. You know, yeah. the, the thing that hasn't impressed me too much about Tulane is that it doesn't seem like they're blowing the doors off of teams in their conference, and like, I like truly, you would see from UCF or Cincinnati back in their heyday. I truly believe it's because they're bored. I honestly believe that. That could because be Because they, you know, their one game they did lose this year, they had to play it with their backup quarterback, and it was tied through three quarters, and then – Ole Miss ran away with it late, but yeah, Tulane's Ole. like that. Yeah. You know what? You, you talked me into it. And I also think there might just be a little bit of distraction with the UTSA team that, that this week, knowing that their coach is interviewing for other jobs. So, yeah, give me the uh, roll wave. Tyler doesn't have the cubes to take UTSA. Turns out I do. This is one I'm going to take a chance on. Give me Let's UTSA. Go. Game Love of the it. Meep Meeps. Let's go. The Roadrunners. And so now this is the game that really sets off the, the chaos dominoes in, in the Big 12. Because Texas wins, they're in. If Texas loses, all of a sudden it opens up the, the floodgates for up to four other teams realistically in, in the Big 12 conference. Uh, but to me, Texas has, has avoided every trap that's been put in front of them. They've had to go on the road at night to Fort Worth, on the road at night in Ames. They had to play a really scrappy Kansas State team. Of course, they go on the road and beat Alabama. Um, 
I don't see Texas Tech being the team that that trips them up. No. I'm Brooke, going you want to take a guess? Ooh. I'm also taking Texas. I think it's less than seven. You'd be wrong. Ooh, seven wow. and a half? It's 12 and a half. Whoa. You know Texas, what? I actually it, don't hate that because I don't think Texas Tech is that good. So I just I thought they are on either. the road. But man, okay. Do you want to take a guess for this next game? Also, I, I, I got this wrong on, on the sheet. It's it's in uh, in Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That makes sense now. I was like, wait a minute. That seems like a crazy spread. For Lubbock in a night game? That's okay. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense, but okay. Yeah. Oregon, it, this one's in Eugene. Yeah. Oregon, I'm going to say it. Seven and a half. Less. Way higher. More? 17? A little less. 14? 13 and a half. Wow. Two Man, they, they really think highly of Oregon then. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, you, fair, would, you would be nuts to not take the points with Oregon State there, but I'm going Oregon to win. It's a rivalry game, and Oregon State yeah. is not a bad team. That's crazy. No. I'll get frisky here. I'll I'll take uh, Oregon State because it just Ooh. feels like a, a, a the perfect setup for the Pac-12 to miss out on the college football playoff is Oregon losing to Oregon State and then beating Washington and being a two. Is this Washington. conference locked up? Is it Oregon Washington for sure? That's a good question. I'm pretty sure. Let me look here. We look up our our good friend Kelly Ford. While you're looking that up, I will say that I completely believe in Oregon. Um, I think they are one of the top three best teams in the country right now. Um, but I need to make up some ground. And I do think that it's possible that Oregon State can win this game. So give me the Beavers on the road. Oh, Beavs. I don't hate that. I I really like that Oregon State team. Oh, boy. I've gotten way too far down the rabbit hole here. Oh, well, we'll figure that out. <laughs> it's I'm, I'm pretty – who else would, would, would it even be? Do you think even Arizona's got two losses, two or three losses? They have three losses, but were any non-con? Maybe. I think they lost to Mississippi State. They did. By the way, they lost to Mississippi State in OT. Which, by the if, way, my Mississippi preseason poll, um, 10 of 11. So just crazy. <laughs> that out there. You were not wrong I, about that. And they are not I, a good football team. They're bad. They're you bad. better pull up those receipts and start going at those motherfuckers. <laughs> I've been thinking about it all season, just because uh, I'm, I'm I'm curious about the approach. I, I I don't think I want to go in like two guns ablaze and just like hey, and, and they're playing um they're playing Ole Miss this week, so I feel pretty good that they're gonna lose. I'm like eleven for twelve. Like hey man, I went eleven for twelve. Granted, I didn't foresee Will Rogers getting hurt, missing significant time, so I, I feel like that's going to be the comeback. But eleven for twelve, but they weren't that good with Will Rogers, if we're being honest. So no, no, no. obviously weren't good enough to keep their head football coach cool. who they just hired, you know, last year. So yeah, uh, Arnett. Yeah, that's a tough role to step into for tough anybody spot, taking for over. Sure. For someone who sure. passed away, R.I.P. Mike Leach. Yeah. Moment of silence for him and William Taylor, a man of victim of lynching back in the 1800s. I've learned tonight. Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> Colorado and Utah. Let's not even talk about yeah. like Brooklyn, 24, 22. Very close. Oh, wow. 22 and, and Utah. And Utah doesn't really. 
put up a whole lot of points. That's a lot of points. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Colorado might not score. So that's also true, especially, especially if Shadur isn't very Shadur. healthy. Yeah. 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 Give me the Utes. A four. So that would be a four win season for the Buffs. Pretty you crazy. Know, they, pretty they cast their win total real early, and they thought everybody thought they were going to cruise, and they yeah. barely got there. We're done. And yeah, and that was, and that includes like a, I don't know if it was an overtime, but a last second comeback win against Arizona State. Yeah, I'm pretty sure an overtime win against Colorado State. So they're a, literally yeah. a couple of plays away from being two and 10. Yeah. Unfortunately, with their biggest win being Nebraska. That's, that hurts still, but I still feel bad uh, about the team then. I think TCU is still their biggest win of the season. No. Yeah. I mean, like point differential wise. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. okay. Yeah. 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 Florida State and Florida. Florida, uh, this big one for my agenda because I, I was very adamant that Florida would not make a bowl game. And I feel very good about the spot that I'm in. I, even without Jordan Travis, I think Florida stinks. Give me the, uh, give me the Knowles. I'm going to guess Tyler three and a half Florida State's favored by six and a half. Really? With the backup mm-hmm. two? Yep. I'm going Florida State because I think they have a more talented roster around the quarterback, but I would not be shocked if Florida won this game. Yeah. And just um, out of desperation, I have to take the Gators here. I figured this would be one of your spots where you would take. Yeah. And so, yeah, these next two games, um, this one in Ohio State, Michigan, I'm just going to take, I'm going to fade you in hopes that, because I think both of these games are going to be fairly close to where it comes down to like one or two plays. And I think these two are the best shot at me catching you here later down the board. Well, I'm going to give you the easier route here on this next one, but. I like Ohio State to win here. Wow. I really do. Um, Their defense is for real. I am not super high on McCord, but he's kind of proven me wrong this year. So, And I think with all that's gone on, Ohio State is foaming at the mouth for this one. Will it matter? Maybe, maybe not, but I like Ohio State here. You know, you're kind of talking me into it because I feel like Michigan, when, when Jim Harbaugh got there, they, they tried to be more of a spread offense. They had Shea Patterson. They, they tried to be athletic at the quarterback position, and that wasn't working against Ohio State because that's what Ohio State was doing, but Ohio State's way better at doing that than, than Michigan is. So then they just decided to get big, mean, and tough, and that beats up on, on Ohio State. Big beats fast sometimes. And now it feels like Ohio State's kind of gone, okay, Obviously, we're, we're going to have good quarterback play. We have tremendous skill players. We got to get tougher. We got to get grittier. We got to get better on defense. So we got to play Michigan's game. I guess to that logic, it, I probably still trust Michigan to be a better Michigan than Ohio State being a better Michigan than Michigan. But uh, you know God. what? Yeah, yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> hey, give me the uh, give, give me the Buckeyes here, so on and so forth. I don't even think I know what you're saying. Like they had to get tougher. But I don't even think offensively Ohio State wants to play like Michigan. Like they're still going to throw it and get it the ball in the hand of their wide receivers. But defensively, they've like just got an attitude, and the guys that they got on defense are they're really good. And I think that D line is going to give Michigan's really talented O line some problems. Yeah, do you want to guess the spread here? Like three. Correct. Damn. Good All right. There you go, Bookie Brook. Iowa, Nebraska. It and I, I've said this before, and I will double down at this point. This point will never change for me. Uh, we could be going into this game every single year. I was eleven and zero, and Nebraska's zero and eleven. God forbid. Um, I'm never picking Iowa. No. Red till dead, baby. Yep. We're all in agreement here. Are we? I can't yeah. wait to give Brett Sprinkle a noogie on his bald ass head. I love Why'd it. you say that? Because 
He's a big no, Brandon. Well, because I thought you were going to fade Brooke here. Uh, no, I, I have four on the board that are different than okay. Brooks. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. Okay, because I, I was worried. Yeah, I was especially, I'm not. I'm not going against this one. Fuck that. Good man. Good man. I appreciate it. God. God damn it. I and I, I sent a message earlier this week. And I was like, well, I got this proposal going on. I think I would handle a rejected proposal better than I would handle an I will I will win. <laughs> That's crazy. Are you to sure you tell your fiance money? that? <laughs> I'm sure she'd love that. Don't tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I'm married. You can you can listen to me. <laughs> there you go. We'll take that one to the grave with us. Yeah, I mean, a, a crazy week, a big week for you know for our interest, and also just in college football. I mean, we still have a very cloudy playoff race. I'm excited to see how that plays out. The Big Twelve has a chance to be uh, just a, a shit show, which I can't wait for. Actively rooting for. I even found a scenario where Iowa State still makes the college or the the Big Twelve championship game. So that's what I'll be rooting for. I got a plus 134, 246 something parlay cooking. <laughs> uh, should should be a good week here, fellas. Anything else you'd like to add? Real quick, give me your guys' your final four. Oh, what I think it will be. Good one. Georgia, Ohio State, Washington. Nope, Georgia. Ohio State, Oregon, Texas. Damn, that was my exact four, which is crazy. Whoa. That's nuts. Um, yeah. Same wavelength. I think I in in this scenario, I'm I'm anticipating Florida State going undefeated, which I feel like they should get in, but it feels like a real shady spot for the for the committee. I think Louisville jump up and bite them, but yeah. You, I don't think they get in personally, and I would love them to honestly. But if if the committee has to pick between Alabama and Texas, who do you think gets in? Assuming Alabama it beats Georgia, be, it, it has, has to, to be Texas. Texas. They beat them by ten on the road. If it was like a three point game and Texas was at home, then I could see the resume argument. But that's the reason you schedule a game like this is for this very reason. You have to give it to the head to head. I agree with you. I don't think that would be the case. I think Alabama gets in. Wow. I, it would be hard to it. stomach Alabama getting in over Texas when yeah. they beat them by 10. Yeah. yeah. At I their mean, own I, I, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I would hate it. Tyler, what, what do you think? Final four? I'm going Michigan, Washington, Ohio State, Oregon. Let's go, dude. <laughs> and by the way, that has to start this week because yes, Alabama, sure. in that scenario where Texas is out of the equation, Alabama, if they win, they're in. They have to lose to Auburn. I think if Georgia loses this week and then they beat Alabama in the SEC title game, I don't think that they get in. Are you dumb or stupid? I want Ohio to go State's on got the better resume at that point. I want to go on record by saying if the Pac-12 gets two fucking teams in, I will butt chug an alcohol of your guys' choosing. Don't yeah, worry, we'll I, put it on the channel I, when it happens. I'll also uh, butt chug, but just out of celebration, because that's not the best <laughs> scenario. But no I, shot that happens. The easiest way, so... So let's say Alabama loses to Auburn this week, and then they beat Georgia. They're a two-loss conference champion. They're toast. Uh, Florida State stumbles to Louisville. They're toast. Texas stumbles one of the next two weeks. They're toast. Oregon beats Washington, so you get two one-loss teams in the Pac-12, and then you get two one-loss teams in the Big Ten. I think it has to be Michigan beating Ohio State because I don't think Michigan's resume is worth anything. So they have to be the undefeated Power 5 champ. So you get those two. I, I, I think that's not impossible. Auburn stinks, so I think that's going to be where this falls mm-hmm. apart. But sign me up, dude. There is a yes, slim yes, chance yeah. the Big Ten could get two, but I don't even think they get two, no matter what. But no shot. Pac-12, after not putting one team in for how many years did they put in two this year? Give me a break. I mean, if you're a Big Ten man, that's technically four Big Ten teams. That's true. Right. 
They are the conference. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Dude, that just gives me so hype just thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, I guess any scenario with the SEC, any any scenario with the SEC gets left out. Mwah. Yeah, and I guess Texas <laughs> is kind of an, an SEC team now, so fuck them. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had, fellas. Anything else? Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Thank you.